Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SBS News. Thanks so much, Mr Bruin, for joining us. The escalation of violence in the wider region now shows no signs of ending. What do you think, with your experience, can be done to bring this to a head? Well, I think what Secretary Blinken is currently engaged in, the shuttle diplomacy going back and forth between regional capitals consulting with some of our allies. Uh, And look, there is diplomacy in the air. Uh, Different drafts of ceasefire agreements are being passed back and forth. And as you said, in my years as a diplomat, both overseas in these crisis situations, but also sitting in the White House, When you have paper moving back and forth, that's a good sign. Israel, though, has made it clear that it wants to continue that military operation in Gaza. So what do other countries have to gain from stopping those attacks? Well, look, the atmosphere in Washington is one of increasing pressure on the Biden administration to push Netanyahu and his government Uh, One, to dial down on some of their military operations. But I think the clock is also ticking here. And I don't know how much with a presidential as well as congressional campaigns in the U.S. this year that this administration is going uh, to abide by Netanyahu's aggressive plans and, and posture in Gaza. Where to from here for Antony Blinken then? It's his fifth visit to the Middle East. Not much in the way of progress. Has he been set an impossible task, do you think? Well, Israel was always the impossible task. I remember when Secretary John Kerry endeavoured to try and build a, a foundation for peace. And it was seen as at the time in the Obama administration as something of a lost cause. And yet, nonetheless, the urgency of what's happening in Gaza, obviously the potential of a regional conflict uh, necessitates that Blinken and the Biden administration engage robustly. I think the real question right now is how much are they going to be able to accomplish? Is this simply putting the problem on the back burner again? Or, as some statements have suggested recently, are they really trying to work towards a two-state solution, something that is longer term in nature? Anthony Blinken, though, sounds positive coming out of these sorts of negotiations, but he does say that there are clear non-starters, but also space for agreement. What do you think those non-starters are, and are there any hopes of progress when Mr Netanyahu does not seem to want to yield at all? Well, look, uh, the fact that Hamas came back with what, quite frankly, could be characterised as a uh, unreasonable ask that Israel uh, withdraw all of its forces from uh, the Gaza Strip is an indication of how far apart we still are. Nonetheless, you can't blame uh, Hamas, you can't blame Netanyahu for staking out these extreme positions, seeing how long they can stay there But at the same time, the reason that Secretary Blinken is going to Riyadh, is going to Qatar, to Cairo, is because this is three-dimensional diplomacy. He's trying to apply pressure through those Arab states. 
on Hamas, on uh, Palestinian leaders to give, while at the same time, obviously, the U.S., some of our European allies are pushing on Netanyahu. In the meantime, there are Israeli uh, hostages there in Gaza. And of course, there are Palestinians crying out for aid and help. What does all of this back and forth and stalemate when it comes to diplomacy mean for those people? One, there's an urgency. There's an urgency, obviously, when it comes uh, to reducing the number of civilian casualties. But as you said, there also are quite a number of Israeli hostages still held uh, by Hamas. So you have uh, the relatives, you have uh, the humanitarian organizations clamoring that this is not something uh, that we can let uh, sit for long. We need to work towards getting people out of harm's way. So that is why I think this process is accelerated. Nonetheless, we're probably in for more days, perhaps even weeks of uh, these back and forth negotiations. But I would predict that by the beginning of March, we are going to get to a situation where some semblance of a temporary ceasefire, if not a longer term agreement, is beginning to take shape. And of course, with your expertise, it's from the US point of view. So what do you think the US has to lose if no progress can be made in the Middle East? Well, one, here domestically, uh, Biden will pay a high political price. This is already starting to fracture his Democratic base, let alone uh, others that he needs to win re-election. At the same time, we're seeing from Germany, from other European countries, uh, some of the wavering in their support, both for Israel, but also for the U.S., and we can not afford uh, at a time when we're already engaged in trying to defend Ukraine, obviously the threat from China looming large on the horizon. We cannot afford to have more daylight, more divisions between the U.S. and its allies. And that's precisely what uh, the conflict in Gaza has the potential to do. So, Mr. Brett Bruin, how do you see this playing out from here? Well, I think we are in for some difficult days of diplomacy, but at, at the end of the day, we are going to get to some sort of solution. I don't know that Hamas uh, will be able in uh, any formal form to, to stay on, to stay in control of the Gaza Strip. I think what is likely to happen is some international force will come in, will create a transition period under which New Palestinian leadership will be selected. Um, this is a playbook we have. I've seen it played out when I served uh, across Africa. And I think ultimately that's the place that this crisis is also going to land. Brett Bruin, thank you so much for joining us. Sure thing.